everyone, welcome back to QSR Nation, your weekly source of food service marketing and business strategies for success. Here are your hosts, Josh, Beth, Tony, and Grant from the PFS Brands National Headquarters in Holt Summit, Missouri. And we're back as we finish our conversation with Jay Wilkinson. That's a great way to put yes, it. Yes, excellent. Sure. Yeah. Well, and then so that leads into kind of you know, the next question is, you know, if you have a business that's struggling with generating positive sales, what are some of the like the marketing tips and things that you would tell them to look for that can drive growth? Obviously, we don't want artwork at this point. <laughs> we want marketing strategy. So, what what would be something you would say if you're struggling? These are some of the things that you need to be kind of gut checking. Well, there, there are so many different tactics um, that, that people can use. Um, one of my favorite resources or one of my favorite books of the last, say, 10 years, um, the book called uh, Traction. Um, I don't know if, if you've read that book, but in the book Traction, um, they lay out 19 different channels that a business can use to get traction. Now, a lot of the channels are oriented towards um, online or technology businesses. So, you know, it talks a lot about uh, blogs and search engine marketing and social and that kind of stuff. But there are a lot of um, a lot of channels that traditional companies overlook because they're not a, a technology or an online company and they don't think it's, it's for them. So there are some things, and, and I think the channel, I, I'm trying to remember from my, my memory here, but I think they call it unconventional PR. Um, you've also heard it, um, you know, as uh, guerrilla marketing and other things like that. But there are so many things that even a small business, a small franchise can do to create POMA or top of mind awareness about the organization, about the business. Um, and the good thing is that most of these things don't cost a lot of money. Um, you know, we, we sometimes think of them as publicity stunts or things like that. Um, but they can be as simple as, um, like uh, sending handwritten notes to customers for a week, or um, and have everybody do it, or um, ask every 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 customer that comes in, um, offer them um, a free high five. You know, if they if they accept one. Of course, you know some yeah. people are uncomfortable with that. You know, um, <laughs> the uncomfortable. It, it's a more comfortable way of offering a hug. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, free hug with every purchase. <laughs> yes, yeah, free hug with every person. And there are people who would eat that up and take advantage of it. As long as, you know, there's consent, it's all good. <laughs> yeah. um, but, but there are so many other kinds of, of, of things that, um, uh, that, that people, I've seen franchises elevate awareness in their community by getting involved in speaking engagements at colleges and, uh, and maybe high schools around town where they put together um, a program about um, there was a friend of mine that had a, a sushi restaurant in Austin, Texas, and he did a he came up with a, a free sushi class that he offered as a lunch and learn for companies, and he offered it uh, to home ec programs um, in schools, and they went out and and started and his it, it was crazy his business grew like thirty percent in wow. the in the year following when he started hmm. just doing that public outreach. Because he was connected with the community, he was educating the community in an area where you know where he had expertise and where his business was known for, um, and it's very simple. It's just it's just building community, and and the best franchises that I see across the country 
are franchises that have a community connection. Maybe they're doing a coat drive once a year, and the newspaper you know, can't help themselves but do a little article about how they, they collected a thousand coats at mm-hmm. this particular franchise restaurant. Or, um, you know, but, but they find a way to align themselves with a cause or a mission or a purpose that, is pe- that they're passionate about, and then they just double or triple down on that, and it creates awareness. Um, and those kind of things, again, don't cost money typically. Um, it's community engagement um, and finding ways to connect uh, your product or service to the community, like the example of the, of the free sushi rolling class, um, in a way that excites people about your brand or your product. Well, and how much brand loyalty does that build when someone is able to say, yes, I know that owner, or I got to, you know, learn how to make sushi in this kitchen, you know. I mean, when they have friends come to town, they want to take them there because they feel uh, not just educated on something they were interested in before, but now they feel like they're a part of that business. I mean, the brand loyalty would would just be through the roof, I would think, on a program like that. Yeah, it is. It really, again, it elevates. uh, And I I believe that one of the most important things – uh, especially in the franchising space, is just building TOMA, that top-of-mind awareness. Uh, when people are at that critical point, um, which we all are every day, um, when you're having a discussion with people around you, ah, what should I have for lunch today or where should I go today? Um, uh, you know, my, my wife and I have this thing. Um, we, we do, uh, we kind of take turns. We rotate. One narrows and the other chooses. So, um so we'll say, is it your turn to narrow or choose? Okay, I'm narrowing. So I, I'm picking three, three places that I know that I would like, um, and then she has to choose the one that she most wants to go to from, from my list. Um, it expedites decision-making really quickly, which is really important. Yeah, well, I have um, the argument with my wife all the time. <laughs> yeah. Because if you just say, where should we go, and right. you leave it at that, you know, 10 minutes later, you're still trying to figure it out. Yeah. Oh, it doesn't matter to me. You pick. <laughs> yeah, and there's always that. Yeah. Um, and and I, 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 I preach on this. I, I believe that the most underrated characteristic is that of uh, one who's willing to make a decision. Um, it's the most underrated characteristic of a good leader. Um, so I, I, I taught my kids when they were really young, when someone says, where are we going for lunch? Drop anchor. Make a suggestion. <laughs> That's um, good advice. But, but – that's getting on a side point there, but the point with that is that, it, that any good, especially in a restaurant or a product or a service, um, there, there has to be TOMA, top of mind awareness built, so that at the point when people are considering options, your business or your product comes to mind. Um, and so there's, you know, there, I think there has to be so much work done in continually elevating um, the name of the organization, the name of the restaurant in the community, um, and these are the kind of things, you know, getting out into the community and building it. And if it's an option, building thought leadership around something. Um, I, I know a restaurant owner in, uh, in California, in the Fresno area, that actually started um, a blog that was uh, um, that where he was going around to all of you. He didn't do any in his own category. Um, I think he was a, like a Tex-Mex restaurant. So he didn't do others in, in his category, but he went around and started a blog essentially writing about his experience at other restaurants all around the community. Um, and it became the most popular, I think it might still be the most popular blog in, in the community of, you know, that, that people read when they're thinking about food options. Hmm. Um, and it's from a guy that owned a restaurant. Um, 
So, you know, he obviously doesn't um, talk about um, his own restaurant in, in, in his blog, he, but everyone knows he's the owner of that restaurant, and his business, again, has gone through the roof because he's built thought leadership around the food the food space in his, in his community. Right, no, that's awesome, and that definitely, um, that doesn't happen overnight for sure. Definitely takes time to do something like that. Yeah, it sure does. Yeah. It takes it takes uh, it takes you know essentially one year of at least one post a week to get there. Yeah, wow, for sure. So um, now we're getting towards the end here. I just came up with two questions off the top of my head, so I'm going off script here. So I hope that's okay with you. <laughs> so for the upcoming year, what's one marketing trend you, you foresee going to going to be coming down the line? One marketing trend for the next year, um, I think there's going to be um, more clarity um, around, I, I, in fact, I've seen a lot of this happening already with, with businesses that are starting to gain more clarity around their marketing strategy through personas. Um, and personas have been around for a long time. I've, you know, I've been doing them for more than a decade. And essentially it's saying, you know, you're going to take your marketing strategy. So you define your target market, your uh, demographics and, and the psychographics of, of who it is that buys your product or service. Be as clear as possible about that. Um, and, and then, um, you know, look at your own customer base and just do a, 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 you know, qualitative and quantitative analysis of who buys your product or service. Um, and using that data, put together anywhere from one to five personas and name them. So, you know, this is Miguel. Miguel um, by, you know, he, he visits our, uh, our restaurant uh, four times a week, uh, typically on, uh, over, over the lunch hour. Miguel has four kids at home, um, and he's typically take, doing takeout because his wife works two jobs, whatever. So you basically define and create a persona behind the ideal customers, the customers that are most likely to be attracted to the brand because it's so much easier now to build marketing and, uh, and, and be focused on what it is that you're doing with your marketing when you're appealing to a persona as opposed to a, trying to appeal to all of your prospects. Um, and I've seen a, a growing trend in that, and I think it's going to continue to escalate over the next year, really identifying the archetypes of a brand and the personas that those archetypes serve. No, I think that's awesome. That's definitely, definitely see that coming on the, or being very popular or important on the upcoming year. Mm -hmm. All right, and the last question I have for you, can you give us one book recommendation? It can be about anything, but what has really helped shape your marketing knowledge and your philosophy? Um, gosh, there are so many. It's hard <laughs> to give one. So in, and, uh, in, in, in my mind, again, um, I, I, I mentioned this already, um, marketing to me is a, is a story with strategy. Um, and, and, and so th there are so many books. That, that help really focus on the foundational element. And you mentioned Simon Sinek earlier. His book, Start With Why, I think is a really important thing to read um, in getting um, that foundational element laid down. And there's so many books that are coming to mind that aren't even marketing books that are just really understanding where the world is going um, right now um, and, and, you know, the, 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 the massive changes that are coming down the pipeline. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, like you know, Bold by Peter Diamandis is, is a great is a great read to really get a, a broad picture of where things are going. But specifically um, in the marketing area, um, I, I do think that the book that I just mentioned—it's a book called Traction 
Um, and uh, my, the, the, the name of the author is escaping me, so my apologies. I don't remember the author's name. There, now, there are two books called Traction, and I'm a huge fan of both of them. Um, one of them is a marketing book that I mentioned already that, un- that, that really reviews the 19 different channels you can use to get traction in your business. That's the whole point behind it. Um, and, uh, and, and I think that book is, is just really modern. It really outlines you know, the modern tactics that people are using. Uh, but then there's another book called Traction, same exact name, by Gino Wickman. And that book is about creating the framework by which you can run or manage your business or franchise. Um, and that book has probably been, I'll drop the probably, that has been the most influential book that I've ever read in terms of allowing my business as an entrepreneur to grow and scale because it gave me the guide rails by which to manage a company with a, as a marketing-focused company, um, and it helps me understand the, the marketing strategy. Again, what I'm talking about with the demographics and the psychographics, the, the three uniques that really make us and our brand different. You know, all, all of our competitors will probably have one of those three. Some of them might have two of the three, but no competitor has all three. And by, by saying these are the three things that make us unique, and then we apply those to our brand and marketing strategy, it's, it's brilliant. And, and it, but it goes much deeper. The book Traction by Gino Wickman is a whole system for managing your company from the ground up. No, um, that's, so that's great. Oh. Both of those books, Traction. Let, 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 I think those, <laughs> those are the ones on the yeah, we'll include uh, we'll include that in the description of this podcast too, and I'll look up the other author and I'll keep include Gino's in there as well. Um, I just okay. I just have another question um, for you. Um, in closing, I mean, unless Beth has something else, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I do have a question, Mel. Well, it's a good conversation. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. No, I'm here. I'm speaking for other people here. Um, what, what advice do you have for young entrepreneurs? And when I say young, I'm not talking about their age. I'm talking about you know just getting yeah. into. Uh, becoming an entrepreneur, they're taking that leap of faith, they're going out, believing in themselves. What is your advice that if you just had, you know, someone sit in front of you, what would you tell them? You know, the it's uh, it's it's a tough it's a tough life we choose as entrepreneurs. It's uh, it's um, it's not easy, uh, and you know, the, the truth of the matter is, as an entrepreneur, um, you're not in business for yourself. Um, you're not your own boss. I mean, you all of a sudden, how many customers you have and how many employees you have, that's how many bosses you have. Um, if you're doing it right, um, you know, I, it's the mentality of the, you know, as, as a leader of an entrepreneurial-led company, um, your people don't serve you, you serve them. Um, and, and starting with that framework that you are there to facilitate and empower and embolden the people around you um, to rise to the occasion, it's, you know, you, I think that, I think I've seen that Steve Jobs quote flying all over the internet just in the last year for some reason. You know, the, the one about I don't hire smart people and tell them what to do. Um, I, I hire smart people so they can tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that mentality of of, of being a leader um, that is open and malleable and vulnerable. To the world around you, so that you can constantly learn and grow, is critical. Um, so, um, if I had to choose one word, I would use that word that I again that I mentioned earlier, which is vulnerability. Um, as an entrepreneur, uh, the only way to build a brand, a business, a company in today's world, and to do it in the right way, is to be vulnerable, is to be open and honest about your mistakes, to be willing to say I'm sorry when you mess up 
to pull your team together when you've guided them or pushed them down the wrong path and say, you know, I was wrong. Um, and uh, just be willing constantly to, to regroup and refocus. But you do that with, with confidence and swagger. You don't do it with your tail be, you know, between your legs and constantly saying, I'm sorry. But it's, it, it's, a, it's a combination of those, those factors of, of uh, confidence and swagger and vulnerability that makes an entrepreneur work, in my mind, in today's world. Awesome. Yeah. Great advice. Well, my question was kind of very similar to Anthony's, <laughs> but it was basically, so if you had one piece of advice for those businesses who are struggling and those owners who are kind of at their wits end and they don't really know what they want to do, but they know that they need to change their marketing tactics and figure out a new direction for their business and possibly go into that cause that cause marketing and everything, what would be your suggestion for them to change their story brand line and, you know, just making sure they get that message out there that they aren't what they used to be, but they are trying to go into a whole new direction for their future? Yeah, um, that's a really, really important question. Um, And I think it starts with just being willing to ask for help. I know a lot of business owners who in the past and, and even currently who, who have struggled and are, are struggling and they're just so proud, you know, prideful people. They don't want to admit they're, they're, they're struggling. Um, and, you know, I, I know so many of them that, you know, they, wow, um, they just went out of business and these are people that I knew and I had no idea. And every time I would see them and say, how are things going? They say, everything's great. Thanks. Um, and you know, I think there's an important, um, an important starting point in just, just being willing to ask for help. You know, the world, the, the world will come to your aid if you're open and honest about your situation. Again, going back to the vulnerability thing, but um, ask for help is the starting point. And then, and then um, just be open to input, ideas, advice, direction. My, my experience, and I've been at these places you know, way back. This is a story for another discussion, you know, uh, down the road. <laughs> but way back in 2001, um, right after 9/11, my business just about folded up. I, I, we should have closed down. Any sane person would have would have given up. I was actually fired as the CEO of my own company by my board of directors at the time because I'd raised a bunch of money, and then we couldn't sell anything because the economy just went into the into the dumpster. Um, and uh, the thing that made it possible for me to you know rise up from the ashes and succeed is because uh, I pulled my team, all the people around me, and I said, look, guys, um, we're in a world of hurt here. Um, we may not make it, um, and I'm just going to ask you openly and honestly for your help. Um, we sat down over a period of several hours, several days, and strategized together, not just me telling them what to do, but together coming up with a game plan, um, and then slowly, month month over month, we, we worked up um, you know, and, and made it work, and clawed back and recovered and within three years we were you know, wildly profitable and had, had bought the venture capitalists out and um it it just it changed my my whole world to think about this concept that we're all in this together and that the people that i work with in business my my fellow team members i don't see them again as people you know here to serve me i'm here to serve them and anything that i can do to facilitate that i focus on it every day that's the key to getting out of any any position or hole that a business is in, in my opinion. That's powerful advice, yeah. for sure. Absolutely. Well, do you guys got anything else for Jay? No, I just want to thank you for uh, taking the time out of your very busy day uh, to speak with us and so we can share this 
you know, with the world and hopefully impact um, businesses, you know, everywhere. So thank you again for your time. Yeah, thank you. We're calling in from Nebraska, not Oklahoma. Was, uh, <laughs> You're very welcome. <laughs> and um, you guys can find Jay's contact information, or at least his website. We'll put that in the description, Firespring, so they can reach out to you there if they do have any questions. Is that okay? That is fantastic. I appreciate it. Well, Jay, once again, thanks a lot. Um, and for everybody listening to QSR Nation, from Josh, Beth, and Tony, and Grant next week, we'll talk to you soon. Today's episode is brought to you by Champs Chicken. For deals, discounts, and updates, check out champschicken.com slash connect. Be sure to stop by next week for another episode of QSR Nation. And be sure to check us out online at pfsbrands.com forward slash podcast. <laughs>